Welcome to the episode of Consensus Unreality that gets us killed. No, Admiral Roscoe Hillencoater. Yeah. Was killed. Was he killed? We have the No. We have the disclosure movement as our backup for this one. Do we though? I don't know. Uh. It feels very desperate. <laughs> lot to lot to unpack. Um we'll do a little house cleaning beforehand. Uh if you haven't already checked it out, uh, patreon.com slash consensus unreality is a spot to visit for exclusive episodes, written content, and more. Um, we just released an exclusive episode there last week talking about... I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I did too. Um, and it's it's behind the, uh, the vast paywall of $5 a month, so... The great paywall. Don't, yeah. <laughs> Pennsylvania. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. We talked about a bunch of different stuff on that one. Talked about some crazy monarch mind control books. Um, how the yeah, CIA... Yeah, I've still been on a kick. Yeah. Right, right. Crazy books kick. Crazy art kick, too. Yeah. I don't know if any of you guys know about Louise Abrams, but she's like this incredible artist who I found some like cool pieces by at this... Uh, paper show and uh, check out her stuff. I don't know. I don't think she's still alive, but um, yeah. And uh, yeah, check out her stuff. Don't check out patreon.com slash consensus unreality. Well, they're already checking that out. <laughs> True. <laughs> if uh, they're okay. Yeah, Annoying ad portion out of the way. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about here today? We're talking about the biggest subject in the game, right? We're talking about, once again, UFOs, and uh, this time from the angle of uh, the longtime ufological hanger-on, Stephen Greer, mover and shaker. Yeah. Um, He's put out a few, like, I can't keep up with his documentaries. He's got, like, a dozen now, but... You know, I, I recently watched The Cosmic Hoax, and I suggested that we watch the newest Greer doc, and then you watch a different one because he put out another, like, <laughs> like 10 months later. He just, he just doesn't stop. Yeah, spoiler alert, you're going to uh, encounter a lot of the same reinforced tropes in his uh, documentaries. I mean, yeah, some interesting stuff in there. If you've um, gotten in, involved in any small part in... You know, looking into um, the vast field of ufology or alien disclosure or whatever the hell. I mean, it's really it's funny. I mean, you would you would have encountered Stephen yeah. Greer uh, probably, and if you haven't, he's one of the the bigger names. Um, but it's funny, like right, yeah, talking to people who kind of tangentially know that I do this thing, but probably haven't listened or something. Like a lot of the time people will be like, you do like a podcast about like aliens. And, uh, in my head, I'm like, we don't, we, I feel like we never really are talking about aliens. Like a lot of, I, I tell people, you know, it sounds corny, but it's like, we're yeah. doing a podcast about people. <laughs> Cause it's like people's stories <laughs> and, uh, not that they're made yeah. up. It's just like from the perspective of people, um, and, and what they have to say about their experiences um, and kind of like the idea of a, a folklore, whether that be based on, you know, actual experiences or interpretations of experiences. Um, we get in the weeds of that 
But yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think we like, we, you know, we're not reading documents and like, you know, oh yeah, well there's a gray and there's a Nordic alien and there's a mantis. <laughs> like maybe we should. <laughs> I mean, the last few episodes have been pretty well in the like UFO phenomenon, like wheelhouse. And that, I think that's cool to do these kind of mini series but I mean, I feel like for a while we, had, we, didn't, we didn't talk about UFOs at all for like a good solid five months. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's interesting because uh, we waver on opposite ends of maybe what some people see is not connected uh, topics in the occult and UFOs and ufology. Um, I think a lot of where we find a great deal of joy in this thing is like finding connections between the two, especially in the symbols. Um, and maybe a kind of our, the, a new, you know, idea that emerged is maybe interpretations of the ecstatic experience. Um, and like yeah. a, a gradients of that, um, defining a portion of, of what the hell, you know, the phenomena is. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny that, I mean, yeah, cause when we talked about Betty and Andreessen and uh, David Huggins and like these more personal, like, yeah, I guess like stories of, of these people's experiences with what the culture has called like the UFO, you know, thing. Um, yeah. There's so much of it is about like the relationship with mystical and occult and like, yeah, ecstatic uh, experiences, but now kind of, we're back into this zone where I feel like we haven't really been there since we talked about American cosmic, uh, like where we're talking about, it's almost like political slash, like, uh, like sociological approach to the UFO thing with Greer, because he's like, he makes it sort of like this, I guess it feels a lot like, like almost like on the edge of like the, what what do you call that? Like the nonprofit like kind of tone? Does that make sense? Yeah. I like, mean It's I, like very, very mission statementy. Yeah, of course. Um so much of it's about presentation, funding. Um and I think maybe we'll we'll start to uh interrogate or option the interrogation of the character of Stephen Greer, maybe on the back end, and we can talk more about like formally what is brought up in the cosmic hoax and yeah. identify some, some isolated things because, you know, it's, it's an interesting documentary. I, I would recommend it for people who maybe are just like, uh, at the, the tip of the iceberg or whatever the fuck, um, you know, right. analogy you want to use uh, of this thing, because it, it, it really does reinforce a lot of tropes within this field, such as, you know, the famous quote, by Eisenhower uh, at the end of his presidency, where he warns right. about the power <laughs> of the military-industrial complex. Um, this yeah. is a quote that's in the introduction <laughs> of like 15 podcasts. It's in like every UFO movie, like UFO documentary and book too. Like it's just like <laughs> yeah. you can't escape it. it. These people should just like get it like tattooed. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, and I think. Uh, at least for the, the cosmic hoax, it reminds me of, well, it reminds me of all the other queer documentaries, but it also, it's kind of like nice for an introduction point. If you're like 
for some reason listening to this podcast and have been putting off really like engaging with like where the UFO thing is today. It's nice because it like, it comes from this attack angle against like the whole sort of like uh, Department of Defense, like UFO disclosure and quotes kind of like thing, like the Tic Tac video that like, you know, the New York Times, it kind of, at least it seems to try to like look at that skeptically but then it kind of it's it's actually a pretty strange experience if you're like looking at it with an open mind because it feels like a very like kind of manipulative kind of like uh tone like I felt myself kind of like being like hypnotized or something do you know what I mean absolutely uh yeah I have written down here like frantic three pages of notes because these kind of documentaries drive me crazy it's like a fucking minefield of uh (laughs) of like conflicted ideas and like yeah you know we're we're like willfully talking about a field that has employed disinformation since the beginning of it um so like that kind of like inherent nature to it the hoaxiness that we always talk about and also like the you know the intentional spread of disinformation because um you know capitalizing on this the the use of this disinfo um is such a big part of what we're talking about too and i mean this is like yeah this is an opportunity to kind of like get into the more geopolitical nature of this topic the right the whole idea of the military industrial complex uh really the the more conspiratorial um, nefarious side of ufology and stuff. But as you mentioned, um, that sort of allure of the documentary, yes, I have written down here, of course, the medium is the message. I mean, like this stupid right. fucking reinforced quote. I, it, it's a great, like, it's such a profound statement by Marshall McLuhan, but, you yeah. know, it, it like draws a line in the sand be- between like nuts and bolts, spaceships with like, entities in them from other worlds or whatever and like the interdimensional idea um which i think is something that we're kind of maybe more interested in just because it has more fluidity with like folklores of the past um that we talk about and and yeah. more fluidity with the occult and and um even right. like, i mean i just know, think it's like fairy yeah. lore it's not even right yeah sorry i, I think it's like there's no adequate explanation yet is basically what I was going to say. Like sure. even interdimensional is like, uh, it's like a scientizing of something that might not be, it's like, it's still like stuck within that, you know, that science medium or whatever. Absolutely. And I mean, if you don't, yeah. we haven't really gotten to what, what this, the mission statement of this is, but I, I guess like, you know, the documentary. Yeah. But before even yeah. saying that, like, um, it's kind of presenting uh, an argument where if you, you know, it's galvanizing you to believe what he's saying because it, it you know, basically says that it means like the stake of human humankind, you know? Um, right. He says there's like kind of, the kind of like totalizing massive statements that make me kind of be like, there's something not right here at all. <laughs> like when he says like, the revelation of this information would end climate change overnight. And it's like, not like what? Like, yeah. I mean, I guess he's just, he's just trying to say that it's like, it's a big secret that's being kept and that 
the people in power don't care about well, that's, anything but yeah. Know, yeah. I, I think I think the best way to approach this is like every time one of those grand like statements comes up, let's just like spearhead what it's trying to say and and what you know maybe some thoughts are about that because obviously the the other documentary I started watching and and the context of a lot of his documentaries is that we have basically recovered technology from extraterrestrials and that um you know branches of the privatized military industrial complex for example Lockheed Martin Skunk Works and all that have basically cracked the code of anti gravitic crafts and you know it went immediately covert so so to speak yeah. we've had technologies that are far beyond combustible combustible com jet propulsion and stuff um which would basically consist of like uh creating an electromagnetic field therefore there's like no aerodynamic resistance so that's why you see all these like odd shapes and in, in ufos and stuff right. um and I mean, it's, it, it's of course, like that might sound crazy to people, but like, why are we still using uh, combustible engines from like the 1920s? That also seems a little insane, you know, like even fucking yeah. SpaceX is just fucking rocket fuel, you know, like. Right. And, and he gets like the rocket connection is interesting because a lot of the sort of. I feel like the documentary, like all of his documentaries do this thing where they're calling back to like a name that, you know, as a way to justify like his position. So, you know, Werner von Braun is like the, oh, yeah. one of the big ones here and they, who obviously was the Nazi who invented like the V2 and stuff. And then, you know, was instrumental in uh, creating NASA and Getting most us to the moon. space program. Right. Yeah. He's yeah. like the, the at least like the sore thumb that sticks out in the project paperclip thing he's not certainly not the only one but he's like if you're trying to explain to someone that you know like we hired a bunch of nazis after the war he's like the easiest one to point out because he was like on disney and stuff but so yeah they have this woman uh what is her name um I just looked it up, so I will find it. Uh, Carol. Oh. Um, Carol. What the hell is her name? Carol Rosen. Rosen. Yeah, um, Rosen. Yeah. Who was like? And she, she, she was like his deathbed. Yeah. Yeah, but she, she, she would like legit worked with um, Werner von Braun. Um, yeah. In NASA and stuff, um, and she claims to. I mean, she like was close to him in life and she claims to have had a deathbed confession where he basically said that you know the military industrial complex consists of a series of uh false flag events right yeah the whole <laughs> false flag thing which is a real military tactic of course but it's also like such a buzzword <laughs> yeah well yeah it's crazy what the fucking i i don't know i mean yeah, it's just, this is a weird episode. Like, I feel like I'm gonna, you know, bite my tongue or something. But like, it's it's weird how like certain buzzwords surrounding conspiracy stuff, like false flag and like uh, deep state, you know, yeah. are like mean no no things, you know. But like, right. I think it's been exposed that like the Gulf of Tonkin was you know, basically a false flag, and like 
Sure. Um, I mean, people use it all the time. It's like, you know, it's like an effective thing. It's like an effective tool in war. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, like yeah. there's a lot of arguments to be had there about other events in uh, right. <laughs> the United States history, but, uh, right. Anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, yeah, let's have a little nuance with the, that kind of shit people. And it like, clearly if you look into like, the military industrial complex and stuff like the, the application of the term deep state, like kind of plays, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And I feel like even the term military industrial complex is like an eyes glaze over kind of term at this point in like history. But if you actually look at what it, what that, you know, connotes or whatever, it's like kind of what is happening. <laughs> it's like, it's what we have. Like there's no arguing that like, we have this private industry that sort of eggs on our military so that it keeps buying from them. And it's just kind of like this vicious growing cycle. It's just kind of like a miniature version of like world corporate capitalism. Yeah, so it's kind of, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I yeah. mean, I think it's really interesting too. You take that trope of the Eisenhower speech and yeah. you know, like the repetition of it um, is not to actually belittle how crazy it is that what he said um, cause I, I think that at that point in the United States, like Eisenhower was realizing that the, the office of the, the presidency was getting, and the executive office was getting sidelined essentially. Yeah. So he was uh, admitting like a coup of power from the, right. a private military industrial complex within the United States. And he's warning about that. Um, and it's, it's really insane and really interesting, uh, what the hell? What's the back end of that quote? Um, shit, I wrote it down here. Oh my god, my notes are just like scribble because I was just like, I just got done it's watching a, yeah. this, so it's it's all pretty fresh. <laughs> it's crazy that this film was called Cosmic Hoax, and that our the first episode of our show was Cosmic Trickster. <laughs> it's like very funny. Right. Okay. So he said, yeah. Also yeah, in that speech, Eisenhower says that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific technological elite. That's right. a really oh, weird, no. like that's a really <laughs> strange thing for a U.S. president to say on his way out of office. You know? it, it's, it is. I mean, I guess, yeah, like we were saying earlier, I feel like the people who are into this kind of stuff are so bored and desensitized to it, but it really is kind of a haunting Oh, it's, it's terrifying if it's not like yeah. remove the context of ufos or whatever the hell people apply right. to it it's just like daunting to think about but it's true what it's kind like of totally scary happened. shit he was actually fucking talking about and i mean it's interesting to identify another trope therein because it's like a huge part of ufo lore um that eisenhower had a famous meeting with uh, extraterrestrial entities. Um, right. Yeah. That one's, I mean, and it often comes paired with this photoshopped image of him, like shaking hands with a little gray alien. Yeah. And there was supposed that's another to be... thing that's interesting though. Like the, the way photoshopped and like known fake images, like stick in this field, like no matter how adamantly people like, debunk them or whatever and i you know i've always hated like 
the role of the debunker because it's like a killer of magic sort of but it's also like so essential in this because otherwise it's just people like and I don't want to like come out too strong against Greer but it's just like people like Stephen Greer like as he does in this film like taking a photo of a 1920s like autopsy back when like this was sort of like a common occurrence where like medical students would take photos of them with like a real person's uh like decomposing ruined corpse and like smile and like you know all this like crazy shit and so he just took one of those where the corpse was especially uh defiled and like said this doesn't even look human it's like well yeah because like these psychopathic doctors like <laughs> you know like we're practicing yeah. on it man and i don't know why i'm like, laughing at that that's horrible. no it's true it's like the first like the first like big reveal of, of this particular documentary. And that's like a sort of rhythmic thing that they do in a lot of these. Do you remember that? Like, well, I mean, I don't know what side of the fence you fall on, like the Atacama humanoid or whatever. Like, yeah. Let's, let's circle back to the Atacama <laughs> humanoid. Uh, right. I think, yeah, I was just, I was thinking about that and I wrote it down. Um, we'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. That's I think we've a- talked about it before. I'm still kind of agnostic on it, but it, it has that kind of flavor of like the hoax, you know? Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's return to that. Cause I kind of remember <laughs> watching that one when it came out and we'll get back. What to was that one called? Yeah. Serious. Um, I was a serious. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it would serve us well to establish the actual theme of this documentary already. What he's basically, yeah, haven't we? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, what he's saying is that there's going to be a false flag alien event and that is going to like basically seal the deal in unifying the world's like some grand conspiratorial military industrial complex um and it will like project blue beam right exactly like project blue beam Um, which is so weird yeah because that's like kind of a right-wing fantasy or at least i've always thought of it that way but i guess it's kind of apolitical but i've always seen it sort of put forth by like especially lately at least as like sort of like the next thing after the the covid hoax you know like we'll yeah. alien hoax right i mean it seems absurd um, <laughs> you know but it, it i doesn't. don't i don't actually think it is that absurd because <laughs> no. like the way if you see the inklings and this is what the documentary is is getting at the heart of too if you see the way that the ufo narrative is being put into you know our mainstream right. media currently it's framed in a defense narrative so it's it's all about like these things or this phenomena being an aerospace, um, you know, national security threat. So we must research it. Yeah. We must find out who's behind flying these things because it's a threat to our airspace. That's how it's being framed, um, which is really interesting. It's very deliberate. It's very across the board. And that totally is inspired yeah. by the... Uh, to the Stars Academy, which is attacked in this documentary. Which oh, is, I love it. Yeah. Luis Elizondo, who is like, you know, I think it's pretty much accepted by every crazy person like us that he's like, uh, you know, an intelligence. Um, yeah, so he's admittedly. Operative. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's kind of just like the like football version of Richard Doty. Like, you know, like he's like the meathead version of like the nerd that is Richard Doty, who is also interviewed in this movie. Like, I feel like they 
wheel out Richard Doty like so often, even though he's like, I mean, if he's not lying, more or less admitted to driving a person so crazy that he died, like Paul that, Benowitz. That interview is actually, oh, it's from like another Greer documentary. Like he, yeah. he reuses a lot of shit, like totally. I mentioned. Um, but yeah, Lou, we've talked about Louis Elizondo. He's the guy, if you don't know who we're talking about, he looks like a South Park character and he's got like the goatee and he's on every news show as like the front person of the you know yeah. we we the navy has videos of ufos blah, blah blah um he is cited in a like a weird clandestine um counterintelligence case i think in afghanistan or something and his like the office that he worked out of in the dod is some like real shadowy shit so he like yeah clearly scary. is some <laughs> like uh you know behind the green door kind of guy um Right. I mean, yeah, he's just playing this role of like the UFO disclosure guy because he can like sort of he has the skills to do it. And it's kind of like all these guys kind of play this weird. Like. Double or triple like masked sort of like figures where like they know that a lot of us know that they're like faking it. But like that's also part of their like it's like this crazy to use like another cliched conspiracy term, like, you know, 5d chess or whatever. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, like it, even Greer, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I would argue that, you know, the, the war is lost. Like I, if <laughs> the way that, you know, everybody else is like getting the story is just, you know, through those, those, the re like the, the whole invigoration or reinvigoration of the UFO narrative is through like the New York times article and the Tic Tac video and stuff. And, you know, it's it's probably <laughs> the most likely scenario that that quote unquote UFO or UAP video is like some technology that we have, you know, like. Oh, yeah, I think so. It's basically said that it was in a dogfight with like naval pilots. So, yeah, I don't I don't think that goes down um, in our airspace if it's not ours, you know. And it's also like so outside of the like weird realm that like people who encounter these beings or say they like, it's like, I mean, it's kind of like the same tension that there's been since like the beginning of the modern UFO era of like the, the people who contact the supposed beings that are, you know, in quotes aboard these ships. And then like the, ex or currently military people who are like talking about the defense implications of it, like the same kinds of books of these two categories have been like the, the two poles of this argument for 70 years or whatever. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, it's kind of crazy that like, and, and Greer is interesting because he's kind of like right between the two of them. He's like kind of talking about this CE five close encounter to the fifth kind protocol that he like very like tele telemarkety not tele like what's the word like very like salesman-y kind of like talks about like you have to come out into the desert and like experience the ce5 events like mm -hmm. and only i can show you <laughs> it's like five thousand dollars so it's there's that hoaxy aspect to it but yeah. he's talking about like the yeah like the his contacts with like government officials and like the technology that we've used from these craft. Like, so he's kind of doing both. 
Right. I would say that therein lies like the true hopelessness of this <laughs> this subject that we talk about because like I think within this movie, the cosmic hoax and expose, um, there is a lot of like truth to it. You know, like the the um, unchecked power of our military industrial complex and these private entities who who get interest from our government and like the really the way that like branches of our government being you know Congress and the the front facing government that we have like doesn't even really get access to a lot of these covert programs you know like right there's a labyrinth that that faces them to even like try and um I- infiltrate that at all or, yeah um, or maybe it's just not their job like I, I mean given the current political climate i feel like it would not be hard to believe that like they just don't have any say or interest in doing anything that actually matters <laughs> like i don't know yeah and then like beyond that like you have uh the barons of the story itself like the barons of disclosure like Stephen right. Greer or uh, Leslie Christopher Mellon, right? Christopher Mellon, Leslie Keen is a reporter um, who he right. bashes in this documentary, um, and she's <laughs> responsible for a lot of, um, yeah, you know, uh, public publicizing the UFO narrative uh, through major media and print outlets. Um, right. It's it's like the way that these narratives. Um, are directed by again people you know and like people's own personal interests um corporate interests interests of of nations and people and what people think are best for nations you know national security um yeah. it's not about aliens it's about like it's about people and like what people choose to do with this information or even like consideration yeah. of this information um cuz some, yeah somebody yeah. like Leslie Keen you know, it seems like she realized early on that, like, fighting for actual disclosure was, like, against the best interest of her making a career for herself. So she's sure. like, if I if I um, sidle up to the defense narrative, I'm going to be, like, the reporter of this story. So there again, career right. goals, you know? And that's, like, the story that people get. That's where the medium is the message again. Like, that's... You talk to average people and they're like, did you see that shit? The Navy was fight dog fighting a UFO. The videos released in New York Times. Right. No, it's great. I mean, yeah, Keen's interesting. And that is something I do like about this documentary is how it's like, so like fucking like, what's like bitchy. <laughs> like, like uh, it's just like mean to like, like his like, like, I don't know, like his enemies, I guess, or just like his, like the people who like don't buy his line, but, and like often they're deserving of like the treatment. Cause they are just like, I think often they're just a kind of paid off, like journalist industrial complex, like saps, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, what would you say uh, without getting into the context of this question, what would you say is a, is like a, a more cutthroat social, environment uh ufology or the occult (laughs) man yeah probably the occult yeah i just think that like (laughs) like the the occult has has more teeth to it where they're like ready to just like end it's less nerds i think i think ufo stuff is like more nerds who are like 
less willing to like, and the occult is more like people with like, never mind. I'm not going to diagnose them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll save that all for a Patreon yeah. episode one in five years from now. But yeah, no, I, I think like the the UFO scene has less teeth to it because. Yeah, everybody is both like marred by disinformation and like, right. like just gossiping about each other. Where they're like, nah, and that there's less of a, a tradition quack. too. Yeah, yeah, it's like there's, there just hasn't been that much of it. So it's like, yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of that kind of like, because people in the occult don't call each other like hoaxers or like they don't like try and debunk each other as like magical workings or whatever. They just like say you're a Nazi, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, and I guess you could say that in UFOs too, because a lot of them are, but right, right. I guess you could say that about, uh, like any subculture. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Um, yeah, no. All right. So getting back to this, this, uh, documentary here, I mean like, okay. So what, what is like the mechanics of the idea of a cosmic false flag, you know, framed as like a framed as like um a military event or whatever or requiring some military response so i mean you have the uh ronald reagan speech where he's talking about yeah. um an alien threat like unifying yeah. uh hang on one sec uh, right. yeah sorry about that so i mean yeah i mean like what are the mechanics of that you have uh the Ronald Reagan Star Wars speech where he's talking about an alien yeah. uh, event unifying the globe and you get a literal response there where we put satellite like anti-ballistic satellites in space and stuff right. which are said to like it's presented as this means of like stopping a heavenly body or like an asteroid or whatever um, a meteor uh, um, but it's really you know like a anti-soviet defense um, framework right. of like satellites. Uh, so that happens and you could kind of see like the first inklings of this. And then you get, you know, somebody like Richard Doty in this documentary who is responsible for the whole Dulce, um, base affair yeah. with Charles Benowitz and that the disinformation, Paul, Paul Benowitz, sorry. Oh my God. I always do that. Charles, Charles Burlitz. Yeah. Me and my friend were actually <laughs> just talking about that. That's so funny. But, um, yeah, so you get that whole disinformation campaign, and then he comes out and admits that, you know, aspects of our intelligence agency were simulating UFO abductions. Um, yeah. He says they were doing it domestically. There's other reports of us doing it. In <laughs> that South- part's crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that. And I, don't, I don't love it, but, you know. <laughs> that's like that whole Nick Redfern book I was just right, it's like, reading, uh, too. Yeah, my labs, military abductions. That was in uh, what was I reading where they were talking about that? Oh, uh, the Betty, the later Betty Andreessen books talk a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Right? Do they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, right. um, and the black helicopters the, stuff. Yeah, right. And the Carla Turner's books, Into the Fringe and Taken, are both quite a bit about that. Um, yeah, that stuff is, and of course, like having Doty talk about it. It's like crazy because when that kind of person speaks on anything, like you have no, like it's, you'd think that like he would be lying, but then like he's 
Yeah. Maybe it's not like it's like it's, Why it remains. Mean, yeah, that, that doesn't make sense to lie about that. You know, like it remains like 50 50. Like what? it's like you have to go through like all these phases of being like, well, if he's lying, then like maybe he's lying by telling the truth. Like all these like, these psychological operations people are like, well, I mean, they're just professional liars, which is like sure. Yeah, a skill that some people have, but but he's it's kind of yeah. crazy. He's so legit about it. And like he, you know. I know. He's like literally from, you know, the intelligence branch of the Air Force. So like he's like uh AFOSI. Yeah. Uh yeah. I mean, why why lie about that? I mean, it's it's so strange. And that's where that idea of like five D chess comes in or whatever. But right. I mean, it could just be his job to just go out and bullshit and like some of it's true. I mean it's I guess that is his job, but like it could just be like like his it could just be like go on, on these documentaries and just say whatever you want. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. Sometimes it should be, it should be true. Sometimes you should just make it up and make people like, uh, oh man, what's her name? What's the like, do you, do you remember, did you watch Mirage Man? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the famous uh, woman who's like the crop circles expert, uh, Linda Moulton Howe. Oh yeah. Yeah. Linda Moulton Howe. <laughs> like yeah. go, go out and make Linda Moulton Howe insane. Like that's your job for the day for Richard Doty. Right. It's, right. What a strange career she had where she, we've talked yeah. about her before, but she was like, you know, a traditional journalist. And then she kind right. of got obsessed with the cattle mutilation phenomena. And then sort of, I guess at some point started playing the game and just became like, a part of the coast to coast uh information industrial complex where they're all just like <laughs> yeah fighting for scraps um but yeah no mirror or mirage men is a a fascinating documentary really really crazy and also that that nick redfern book i believe it's called top secret alien files um i think i talked about it on the andreason affair episode um it really creates a scene of plausibility for um, simulated UFO abductions uh, and how that could be achieved um, and, and sort of getting into the heart of like the tactile strangeness of um, a lot of alien abductions, the sort of like medical examination um, qualities to them and really how it's like a lot of it is plausibly perpetrated by humans you know and when you're under the influence of uh, certain substances you could easily be made to believe that uh, you know the propellers of a helicopter or like a ufo or you know i mean also uh greer in this documentary um talks a lot about how you know we have a variety of different crafts and using yeah. you know a spectrum of different hybridized propulsion mechanisms um electromagnetic propulsion with like a combination of jet propulsion etc so i mean you could easily like fake it in a number of different degrees um yeah so i mean you know is the whole blue beam thing real is it plausible if it is i guess it is pretty as scary as this documentary presents Um, But there's another side to it, this story, which is a big part of Stephen Greer's mantra, which is that, you know, the 
there are extraterrestrials visiting Earth, and they're benevolent. Um, and he claims to have created a set of protocols for, um, you know, uh, creating con like situ situations of contact with these extraterrestrials um, through his CE five, which is like a combination of like transcendental meditation and also like group meditation as a means for like uh, almost like drawing down UFOs and um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's almost like, yeah, like spiritual, spiritualism. Like, spiritualism, yeah, really. Um, which it's so funny that, yeah, it's like every, everything eventually, uh, you know, like how they say, it, like <laughs> everything will eventually, not everything, but a lot of different things have like, like uh, parallel evolved into crabs. You know how like that's like a thing. Mm -hmm. It's like all of these different things eventually evolve into channeling. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's so true, man. It, it's just like the path of least resistance. It's just like, well, they're talking in my head, so, <laughs> like, so you can't tell me. <laughs> like, yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but it is. Uh, yeah, and I mean, like, here's another big-time trope to throw out there that I actually myself was thinking a lot in this documentary, and it's like, Okay, like actually I can I can kind of like get into the mode of of believability of humans faking, you know, alien contact as a means for yeah. like just uh escalating the military industrial complex further because like you see our reliance on fossil fuels and and stuff and like right. how how is it possible that we're still so reliant on this but it's because you know people, very powerful people are very interested in in uh keeping us on that track, you know, and, and I'm sure yeah, they yeah. have a plan laid out for when that's all gone and what the next thing is, you know, and I'm sure they'll be in control of it. Um, but you know, the whole extraterrestrials are like legitimately here. They're from other places in the universe. Um, they're, they're like quite flesh and bones and so are their, their crafts are quite not nuts and boltsy, but they're physical objects. Um, you know, well, here's the trope, like, why don't they land on the White House lawn? You know, if if they're right. if they're truly like powerful enough to disarm nukes, which is another very folklore element of ufology. Um, if they're powerful enough to do that, if, if they were a lot so alarmed by our development of nuclear arms, well, then what are we supposed to assume that there's so much like us that they would have an anthropological like non um what do you call that uh non-interjection like policy you know like oh not you're like a non-interventive yeah. like yeah uh, yeah um because why wouldn't why wouldn't they just come out like on every news channel and be like we're, look we're here uh we just want to say we're cool uh we just don't want well, you guys to, they? we don't want you guys to blow yourselves up. I right. mean, that's what he's saying though, you know. Right. Like, yeah. It's just like uh something I don't understand about that like the Greer and like to some extent the like secret space program people like the kind of people who theorize that like we have we're a part of this like intergalactic sort of civilization um and it's kept like I just like I'm like willing to go far enough and accept that 
there could be like humanoid aliens. Uh, in fact, I think there are if that have visited here and like uh, interacted with humanity. But like, why would they? Why would we assume that they have like civilizations or like moral codes that have anything to do with like humans? Right. Which is why I kind of I just don't like understand why that's always part of the like it's always part of the thing is like they have like armies and like they have like governments and stuff which is like those are like such particularly like human traits uh-huh right like yeah particular or at least, like, i mean maybe not yeah us as maybe not armies but like chimpanzees basically you know like a very mammalian quality right yeah like these like these things that if evolution is true you know kind of developed out of long like forging and adversarial like climates like mm-hmm. that's the reason we're not nomadic foragers or whatever is part of the reason we have like you know buildings like at all <laughs> like vehicles it's kind of like so it's just uh it falls apart a little for me there if i'm being like super buzzkilly about it <laughs> but it's it's also uh, you know i don't i don't think you true. are yeah they have like congress on you know in space they have like uh presidents <laughs> the intergalactic federation uh right like all those youtube channelers are are on the nose yeah, yeah. and they are actually right. in communication <laughs> with the intergalactic federation and the, yeah that's like i'm a vice provost for the alpha centauri campus it's like it's just i don't know maybe i'm feeling a little more like uh make fun of vibes tonight but well, yeah I don't sometimes know. you know this kind of stuff is like i don't know something that's like trying to galvanize you so much is oddly like disheartening but i don't know if that speaks to like <laughs> yeah, no. our cynical nature as like americans yeah. we've we've seen an, enough of the show or something right. but like yeah yeah uh it uh, it does feel like well it yeah it reminds like for some reason i don't know if this is true but yeah the the greer sort of documentary uh milieu kind of reminds me of like the american democrats just like this kind of like yeah inspirational like big promises like moral sort of like on the right side of history and then it's always just like nothing happens absolutely and it's like it, turn, it turns out they were just lying yeah <laughs> like, it's ridiculous like yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just it's just like front facing uh yeah you know media hijinks or whatever but yeah it's it, no it's kind of insane but um yeah. i you know one thing i think one thing that is really interesting about Greer's stuff though is you know the idea that technology has been suppressed. Um, I mean, like the, this, the, again, another trope with Tesla. And like, if you look in the ufology stuff, like everybody always talks about Tesla technology yeah. and how Tesla, you know, figured out free energy and he was suppressed. And I mean, like, I'm not trying to also, I'm, I know that like my tone sounds like I'm like belittling that concept. Cause it's true. He, he like, he was like attempting to do these things and, and yeah. JP Morgan famously was like, we can't put a meter on that shit. So we're not fucking doing it. Right. And like destroyed the Warburton tower, um, which was supposed to transmit, you know, free energy to like n- naval ships and stuff and, uh, whatever. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, like the idea that technology has been suppressed, I think that is true. And like you, you see like the amount of patents that have been seized for quote unquote national security reasons. Um, who knows what kind of, you know, technological developments could be in those things. I think energy is a, is a field that you just like, you don't fuck with either. I think like it is kind of like an unspoken thing that you like, you don't really try and do anything in energy if it, if it's not using like combustion, combustible propulsion, you know? And that's why like, <laughs> yeah, Elon, they don't let you. yeah, that's why like Elon Musk is allowed to do what he does is because it's right. Cause it all goes back to coal or natural gas or, Oil eventually. Yeah, I mean, you're full. Like Teslas just run. Oh, yeah, Teslas. All right, right. But uh, <laughs> it, yeah, they just run off like the power grid, which is like ninety percent uh, right. fossil fuels anyway. So it just makes into. It's like it's it's such an American thing because it just makes individuals feel like they're free of like the fossil fuel industry while nothing around them changes. Right. Absolutely. Um, uh, it's crazy. <sighs> But yeah, no, there's a, there's the example of that guy who like made the, the car, I think it's called like the surge engine where he like said he made a car that ran on water and he said that the end, like the, I don't know, the H2O converter or whatever was only going to cost everybody like $1,200. And I, I guess he did get a lot of interest from like, you know, people about, you know, this engine, he, he apparently drove the buggy around everywhere and like was on some news broadcasts and shit. And he just like died mysteriously or something, got hit yeah. with the, the heart attack gun or whatever. Um, and the whole thing just vanished. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I don't know. There's probably countless examples like that uh, that are out there and makes you wonder. And that's like a big part of Greer's work. And I think... Uh, it's it's weird how somebody could like be putting that information out there and then also kind of like scamming the, on the side of like creating this pseudo religious organization and like also right. having his own like industrial complex of documentaries but <laughs> I, I yeah i don't know it's worth it's definitely worth a watch like for I sure. think so. I mean, I think like of the ones I've seen by him, it's one of the better ones because it has like so much, because so much of it's so like on the attack. I feel like it's kind of, kind of suits him better than the more like, like videos of him crying and like trying to like be a human being. But, you know, I, I feel bad saying something mean about him because like he plays the like, the role of, uh, like concerned person who's dedicated his life to telling the truth. He plays that pretty well, but mm -hmm. what you can kind of see it, the, the mask of that role slip sometimes. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's, yeah, it's weird. It is. Maybe it's legitimate or I don't know if it's legitimate, but maybe it's at least genuine. I, I just don't know. I don't know. He's a slippery one. I mean, the, I think the CE five thing seems to show its hand a little bit. That's what I mean. Yeah, that that is some weird territory. And like, I think like Demi Lovato, right. um, like went out there, yeah, in in the desert with um, you know his his CE five meetups, and she said she had like experiences of. I think like a few celebrities have gone. Yeah, so I don't know. That's it's it's pretty suspicious. Um, yeah. I mean, we it's I don't know. We talk about the correlations between 
channeling and ufology a lot and how dicey right. of a thing that is, um, the trickstery nature of it, you know? Sure. I mean, it's like, I mean, ufology is just like made of tricksters. Right. Like, I mean, it's probably like 70, 30, you know, tricksters to like, you know, what, like what would you call it? Like genuine people or like people who aren't consciously trying to like do something else by doing UFOs. Yeah. It's a, it's literally a playground for deception. Uh, right. That's like, kind of what I like about it. No, that's I think that's what's so fascinating about it. Um, yeah. And I mean, with that, like you, you kind of like through the adversity of that, that cultural element, that's where you get things like, new developments in folklore and shit, which we talk about, um, which only come out of this like muck of, of lies and, and hoaxing and get getting over on people, but also, you know, very genuine experiences that are unexplained or hard to explain or, and, and hard to interpret, you know? Um, Right. Yeah. Just like stories, but it's, it's weird. Another thing, you know, is, uh, in this documentary, Greer is kind of talking about the phenomenon in a very nuts and boltsy physical way, but all of his like quote like photos of uh, extraterrestrials at the CE five things are very like right. ethereal and like light beings kind of stuff. Right, that's what I was saying about how it kind of like he's kind of like in both. He's like on both sides of the field with he's playing for both teams. I don't know. He's like, uh, yeah. He, so much of it is trying to like play the game that like Tom DeLong and whatever are playing of this, like he's trying to like play the opposite side, you know, like of the like nuts and bolts argument. Like, but then at the same time he's doing this, like, yeah, they're like ethereal beings that can't quite be captured or seen in like a traditional sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's crazy that that's the first time we mentioned Tom DeLong's name too. Like, uh, yeah, he's, he goes after him. What is he like? He just like basically just like makes like mean like meme videos. <laughs> like he just like throws in like like clips of Tom DeLong saying stupid shit out of context. Yeah, like, he's just like, like, I'm going to eat my fart or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I don't know. No, it's interesting like uh, how a character like Tom DeLong gets wrapped up in this whole story. It kind of seems like he's you know, I don't know, not to sound mean with this term or whatever, but he's like the useful idiot, you know, where he yeah, like yeah. is probably somebody who was like genuinely interested in the subject and like pr- had some personal experiences and then just like because probably. of his fame and yeah. and his, um, you know, his prominence as a, a famous musician, like he was fed, you know, disinformation and, and used as like the face, the recognizable face of this to get buzz for the young right. people while also injecting this, you know, very militaristic defense narrative to it. And I mean, it's, it is crazy that he's like, so like, he's, he's supposed to be like this, like middle finger pop punk, like kind of little freak. And then he's like coming out, like I have a bunch of United States military intelligence insiders behind me on this. It's just dude, like crazy. I mean, to the stars Academy has uh, the former head of the CIA's, domestic operations so that's like <laughs> not that i mean come on like right what are we talking about here like this and, yeah. and like you know all these like 
top level uh, aerospace engineers from like Lockheed Martin and stuff. So it's cr- I mean, I guess like the the argument is that like these are the only people who know the truth. But like, why would these people tell the truth? First of all, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. The whole thing is so uh, goofy, and I can see why people would like come to the conclusion that like all of UFOs is like a like just a big government military psyop hoax but mm-hmm. right 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 yeah but it's not like that's like uh you're halfway there i think if you stop at like disavowing it as like the united states military or like you know in quotes the cia like doing all of it mm-hmm. right right that's I, yeah yeah that's no, just, you're right yeah yeah because yeah. that is kind of like a an end result of, of this, the kind of frustration with, with the field and stuff too. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is that, but like, that's not all of it. Like it's kind of, I've lately I've been having this like feeling about not just this kind of thing, but all of the sort of like fringy stuff where like the mass culture of it is so full of like deception and like money grabs and stuff that like, I've moved into, like I mentioned earlier, just like looking for like individual, like often crazy people and like just like people that have been forgotten, like artists and writers and people who like have these paranormal or sometimes alien experiences or at least represent these experiences. Um, And just like trying to like champion those people like a little bit more than like dealing with like you know, this millionaire who totally. takes people out into the desert. It's kind of like, that's where my philosophy is at on it. But on the other hand, it's so fun to talk about the mass culture of it in the same way it's fun to talk about, you know, movies or something. Yeah. Well, I think like the, you know, when you first get interested in the, in the subject, like I think what comes with the territory of that is like the idea that there's, information that is secret that you know would would contain some like revelatory stuff um and i think that's probably true but what kind of information that is is probably not what you'd expect um or at at least like the the stuff that and all the stuff that is like top secret documents that gets leaked you know a lot of it's like notoriously hoaxed and fake right um and like the, like our information ecosystem is so permanently fucked that like no one will believe anything ever. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's just, there's disclosure at this point, I think is impossible. And I don't know when, it, cause I feel like even like in like the early 2010s, it was still like something that people, like I thought was possible. Like, like if someone came like if so, like if enough people in like the government or like if something on tv happened like there were ways in which it could be possible that there could be some semi definitive like disclosure that would satisfy a lot of people but mm-hmm. at this point i just don't think we live in a, in a world where like there's any kind of mass truth anymore also except, like yeah <laughs> I, what i don't understand is like why would there need why would there be the need for some sort of blue beam level cosmic false flag when you know Donald Rumsfeld could come out in public and be like we lost 
four and a half trillion dollars like they could just do this it's it's all that's what i'm saying like the war is right. lost like it's already has no accountability um no, like, yeah. they they could just be putting shit up in in fucking space right now and like you, you wouldn't know like, what yeah. did, what do they need more like where are they going to get more money from taxpayers or something right. that's going to yeah. fund this like i don't i don't really get right. that uh connect but no maybe yeah, the, naive, the blue beam thing if if that kind of thing does happen i think it probably has more to do with like the even weirder like world of like cultural and social manipulation like, right 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 i doubt it has to i doubt it's going to be like a uh what's that infamous date that that style uh like military justification like you know like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. reason to go to war i think it's going to be more like mm-hmm. you know like we need to change the way people act in general and we're going to do it this way with like without the need for legislation like, i think that's kind of the the only way that the project bluebeam paranoia makes sense to me is if it's like a like a an experiment in like massive behavior modification sure right 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 absolutely yeah yeah no it, it yeah. makes a lot more sense when you you know frame it like that um i mean it's interesting too like the just looking at like science fiction um in terms of like the mass cultural sense and, and like films concerning the alien phenomena um how like 95% of them are, you know, a, a hostile takeover essentially by extraterrestrials, the, the war of the world's effect, so to speak. Um, yeah. You know, that's why the CIA came out and uh, they had to kill Orson Welles with the, uh, the red meat and Merlot gun or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Poor guy. Yeah. No, it, it's, it, it's crazy though. I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't know if that just speaks more to like human nature and our our fear of both the unknown and each other, like in the Twilight Zone sense. Um, right, right. Yeah, I I don't know. It. I like this documentary though because it did. If I liked it, if only as like a, um, very specific, like thing against which to think like a thing that like I can position myself as like, do you know what I mean? Like where you can kind of like, you see something and it's, you don't like it because you think that it's like really does a great job of expressing or explaining how you feel about the issue, but because it's like helps set you up as like, de- like determining your own thoughts on it in opposition to it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's kind of how I feel about it. Like, and I don't disagree with it, you know, much more than half the time. Like, I think it's half right, but yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, the way that we're, we're just so cynical in the way we're like taught to just try. I mean, it's probably, especially us more so, but like the distrustful nature towards like the sentimentality of this version of presentation within this like documentary and stuff and the the dramatic music and things like i know that it works to achieve its message but it to me it kind of like works against it in a way but then like i don't know what the the other side of that is like it would probably be so boring where it's just like watching a (laughs) seminar of you know there's something about that though that is more like even if it's just like some like 
guy up there like on Adderall, like talking with no background music and a PowerPoint for two hours. For some reason, it feels more legit to me than somebody who like put half a million dollars into like a semi-fancy like documentary that has like public domain classical music in it, you know? Right. Yeah, I would I would come back on that and and say I don't think we've really mentioned, but like the amount of like legit characters within like the disclosure movement, the amount of like uh, actual like briefings that Stephen Greer has done for yeah, you know he says he's briefed presidents, and maybe that's true, but I'm sure he's like briefed, <laughs> literally like briefed like official people from like administration administration oh, and yeah. shit, and like the amount of like ex-Air Force, ex-military, even fucking ex-NASA people, like, within, like yeah. who, who are attend his presentations and, like, present themselves and, like, their own experiences and information. Like, it's pretty compelling. Um, that part of it is. Like, well, he always brings up that, what was that called? Like, the, that thing he did in, like, the early 2000s where he had, like... Yeah, he got, a, like, every, he got, like, everybody he had that was willing and they did like a, a press conference kind of yeah they did a press briefing at the um what, what the hell is that called in washington the, the you know the thing associated yeah, that, press something like that yeah, whatever no, that, yeah but like this like very formal series of like not speeches but like testimonies by mm-hmm. quite a bunch of people like legitimate people not the usual not like you know Richard Doty going up there, <laughs> like, like, uh, yeah. Although no, maybe he did, <laughs> like sincere, like sincere pilots and shit who like, yeah, saw and documented, uh, unidentified crafts and and you know just the whole gambit, like, uh, so yeah, I mean that 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 aspect of it is legit compelling, and and if you're not drawn into the cynical nature, like that stuff kind of speaks to the disclosure movement and, and what it's at best trying to achieve um right it just it has all the hallmarks of like a sucking as much money out of its audience for as long as it possibly can kind of thing the disclosure movement in general and like all the various apparently like non-profit things within it um i just i don't know yeah i don't know if it like it's weird to me it seems like a lot of people genuinely like enter this field journalistically like trying to fight for truth or trying to like expose something and you know they just realize like how herculean or impossible of a task that is so they just kind of like play the game themselves at some point that seems like what happens probably like or some secretive force gets to them while they're halfway to the truth and they become weapons of that secret. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> or if they get too more, close, you know. they like just get fed an insane amount of disinformation or whatever. Right. Or they commit suicide with a hose in their car in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. Episode like, two. What was it like? Yeah, on a playground or whatever happened to him. <laughs> like yeah. crazy shit. Throwback episode uh, two. What was Morris K. Jeppis. Yeah. Jessup. Jeppis. Yeah. Morris K. Was that um? Was that our second episode or our third episode? I think it was the second one. Yeah. Maybe it was the third. Um, uh, 
<laughs> I don't know. I, think I just it, don't know. No, actually, I think it was the the third because the second one was old fashioned contact about. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Betty and Barney and um, what other case did we talk about in there? Oh, no. two, of the, uh, two of the most famous Adamski. Ones. Oh, yeah, we talked about Adamski, right? George. Yeah. So, yeah, the Jessup Dimension was the third one. Um, that's a really strange story. We don't have the, the minutes here to go yeah. back into that, but check that one out. No. Maybe we should someday just like, like do a remix of the episode. Oh, I mean, we could go back on Adamski and like... Yeah. It, it's... Uh, yeah, Greer kind of like gets to the the weird like racism of the Nordic ETs thing in this, and how like the yeah, that's be- nice. The benevolent Space Brothers are essentially Aryans, you know, blonde hair, right. like tall white alien. So it's yeah, he does. Yeah, he like has so many good points in this documentary, and then like the rest of it is just so I don't know, like off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's 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 very confused. I'm just left more confused when I watch stuff that like kind of encapsulates it all in this like right grand ploy. That's why I mean, I I really enjoy like talking about it in this way, but I also I really really enjoy talking about the specific cases and incidents. Um, yeah, because me too. Then you're you're allowed to really like you know, isolate um, symbols, isolate like the strangeness of a, of a singular event for somebody um, and, and start to like right. make some interesting connections where this, it's kind of just like really drawing a lot of lines in the sand where it's like, it's this way or it's that way, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk about serious real quick. Um, Serious. Oh yeah, the Atacama humanoid. Yeah, that's a documentary that he released in about I want to say like 2011 or 12. Um, Might have been later than that. No, 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 no. I think it's like 2013 at latest. <laughs> I got fifty dollars on it. Ah, oh, 2013. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I was I was right. No, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, uh. that's actually kind of like at, I yeah, I wanted to save this for the back end because this is like, that was like my, not my introduction to Stephen Greer. It was like at a time when I was just starting to like listen to a ton of like u- ufological podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah. And like the the whole disclosure movement was really like a huge topic um and really just like listening to a lot of coast to coast and shit to like kill time at work and whatnot um Stephen Greer was one of the more like you know coherent sounding people on there which isn't necessarily a good thing because when you listen to coast like you kind of want the wacky <laughs> shit but uh right yeah so yeah no I he was he was hyping up serious um the documentary and there's uh the big like reveal and it was like we we have like never before obtained information about the alien phenomena we have a recovered alien specimen right it's like if you look at the picture of this specimen 
it's pretty sick. <laughs> it's like yeah. a, um, a mummified, very tiny person um, that yeah. looks a lot like an alien. It's like it's like eight inches tall, uh, and it is like like the the biomaterial was examined by somebody at like some legit university in the United States. I don't remember which one, but like they basically said that it was like. Uh, an anomalous human specimen, but it's like a tiny human. Very tiny. Yeah. That whole thing reminds me of, do you remember it was probably two years or so, maybe a year before that they had that huge event in, in Mexico, like hosted by the guy, uh, Jaime Massan, where mm. they, they had that photo and it was very similar to the Atacama humanoid. And it was like a Kodachrome, like, I slide yeah right and they had like they had like hundreds of people in this giant auditorium and then like they wouldn't they, no one would talk about it at all and they revealed it and it was like and they they live streamed it and it was like 30 bucks to live stream and i did it and i was watching it <laughs> it's so fake that's what we and, did yeah. we, i remember we did that with serious we paid like yeah I don't know, 20 bucks for the live stream. It didn't yeah. even work. We were watching this like red carpet fucking yeah. like the <laughs> serious segment. I don't even think we like I had work the next day. We didn't even get to watch the documentary. It didn't get to it. It was like such a fucking sham. And I guess that's how yeah. you could see like where the where the money drawing in right. is of this whole thing. Um the allure yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know if you could get away with that kind of thing at this point. Like, that maybe people just moved on to like the Q crowd and like right. that, uh, that like um, gatekeeper of information or interpreter, oracle of information yeah. type of thing became like a means of creating a social media personality and stuff. Right. But, Instead of doing like the big event. Yeah. I miss the event. It's like, it's so like, yeah, it's so goofy. Honestly, though, it, like another thing in this Greer doc, I guess maybe this is one of the last things we'll get to here. But uh, he he he's talking about uh, Jeremy Corbell, who <laughs> uh, he's I should say he's like disparagingly talking about him um, and showing I like that. clips of him. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy Jeremy Corbell. Um, was the director who did the Bob Lazar movie. He also did the hunt for the skinwalker movie, um, which are, are very like, uh, whatever you think about those, they're very powerful tools, um, in terms of like manipulating narratives about the phenomena. Uh, I think the Bob Lazar one is, is narrated by, um, Mickey Rourke, and it's got like this very dramatic <laughs> yeah. um, soundtrack, and and you know there are parts where he's just like, "What are they hiding? What the fuck are they hiding?" And like, right? Yeah, it's 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 just like a super dramatic tool, and he it's it's odd because he was also a mouthpiece in this whole media frenzy concerning the Tic Tac videos, and Corbell. Right. I, that guy rubs me the wrong way, Corbell. Yeah, he seems like he's like, uh, you know. Uh, part of the limited hangout or whatever, but like, yeah, he, uh, yeah, it's it's weird that he like he plays into the whole defense narrative. He like he reifies the whole defense like defense narrative of these things are in our airspace and whatever. 
but his like right. those two documentaries are also like you know a lot of people's entry point into the field especially the bob lazar one is like a ton of people's entry point into the ufology thing so it yeah it really makes you wonder like what kind of what are they doing with the narrative in that bob lazar thing you know i think something that I kind of realized with Fat Bob was our thing and kind of with any of these documentaries is that uh, when these figures are like exposed and that even if it's like a positive like pro their narrative like film uh, the, the like exposure to air of these people like almost instantly like shrivels and destroys their like mystique and like their convincingness like oh, yeah no absolutely yeah. like i was like all on board with the bob lazar thing since i heard about him i was like this rocks like this would be great like i don't like i don't want to think about it too hard i want to read some internet forums and like some sort of uh sketchy like sort of strange interviews with the guy and see like a news segment of him from the 90s i don't want to see a documentary of him today like trying to convince me in, in high death, like it's obviously fake if that's like, like once you get to that point. And it's like, I don't think that means that the whole, like, I'm not like trying to say that that means all these people are liars. I just think that it has to do with like the mechanics of this sort of semi mystical phenomenon. Like right. when there's too much light on it, it just, it's like kind of like fairy in that way. Like uh-huh. it, yeah. if there's like too much of like a, sunlight on it or whatever it kind of disappears it's hilarious too because i think we spend a lot of time on this show like you know flashing a light in the dark a little bit on on like you know these documentaries or uh you know these characters within ufology but then like at the same time like i would say in the same breath like yeah you gotta watch it (laughs) like you have like like i don't know like watching all this shit like um, it it really like layers the context of it and and kind of like, get, yeah. And I don't wouldn't say it helps you like, you know, separate the wheat from the chaff or whatever. But I think it just like it gives it's you part more of the full picture, right? Absolutely, it, it just yeah. like it lends itself to the spectrum. I think like the the hunt for the Skinwalker documentary. Um, I, I have a I have a strong distrust for Jeremy Corbell. But I think it's right. a really interesting watch, just for like <laughs> it's so pretentious. The what? Yeah, but like the, the the narrative that that has been created around Skinwalker Ranch and what mm. that is versus like what people think it is versus what people are trying yeah. to make you think it is is so interesting. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, we should just right, do yeah, it. it's part of the puzzle. We should just do a whole a whole Skinwalker episode probably at some point because it's. Yeah, we did one on Patreon like a year and a half ago, but that was not a full, that was more like a sort of a dip into it. That was about the TV show. Uh, yeah. That TV show was rocking. Yeah, I love that TV show. It's so goofy. I can't, like, you love that TV show, man. What is that TV show? I mean, I, I just, uh, oh, I, li- I like uh, I like Oak Island style television where it's like, just, it's more about the personalities of these people. It's just endless bickering between like these people that are supposed to be like highly credentialed and like they're supposed to be like stumbling on like cosmic secrets but like they spend like three episodes investigating like a hollowed out cow there's nothing just, like, like highly credentialed about those people there's like one guy who's like 
Just one scientist. That's what one I mean. scientist <laughs> who's supposedly credentialed, like a Mormon real estate mogul, and like that a, guy's got some kind of credential. A security actor named Dragon, like. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true, but that's not that wasn't the point I meant really. Just like a, it's like a drama almost. It's like a, it's like a Skinwalker Ranch themed soap opera, even though it's like supposedly true. Right. Yeah, I say I say watch it all. You know, watch. Uh, yeah, right. That's that's my opinion too. Watch the Cosmic Hoax. Watch uh, Hunt for the Skinwalker. Read every Twitter thread. <laughs> It's like don't do no, you don't shouldn't do even say Skinwalker like you know like right. just get into the minutia <laughs> as hard as possible till you want to like rip your eyes out or something. But. Yeah, I mean that's the only way you can have. I mean, like obviously we're probably st- still prone to being uh, manipulated and psyoped as much as the next person, but I feel like the more you expose yourself to like every angle of the thing, the more immunity you kind of build up against like becoming a cult member and like somebody's like oh that's fair but we're just yeah. like already a part of the cult of like disillusion and so it's like i don't know i mean it's at least in, in you know in some cases at some times but I, I still feel pretty illusioned about a lot of stuff like in a good way you know mm-hmm. it's just not uh not like new york times style ufo disclosure no nah, it's i'm pretty disillusioned about that yeah um so i don't know i guess we could like we could hop out on the cosmic hoax what a great name though you know good name nailed it i wonder if you listen to uh i wonder if you listen to uh the cosmic trickster by consensus on reality right well it's funny he like named probably not the documentary i started watching last night was called above top top secret and there's already like so many things called that. <laughs> there's a there's another above top secret from like two years ago by uh by like the people who would you know be the the faces of Gaia Network and shit like fucking uh, oh yeah oh yeah I was wondering like why are you watching that and but he made like yeah. there's a book too uh, by Timothy Good it's just like it's uh and then there's like the above top secret forums from like the golden age of the internet but yeah it's all it's all above top secret Uh, you'll never know jeepers creepers um thanks for listening Uh, it's been a pleasure sign up for our patreon sign up for patreon.com slash consensus unreality we get even crazier there i swear so check it out it's five dollars a month um it's a it's the only way to support what we do. So if you enjoy that, we really appreciate people going over there and subscribing. It means a lot to us. It gives us the uh, willpower to watch and talk about all this strange stuff. We'll see you next time. We'll, all right. We'll, we'll talk to you next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>